I've got a big announcement, my friends. AIM-7 is now offering personalized resistance training programs tailored to your unique needs, like your goals, equipment, changing time demands, and your ability to adapt to stress. Our unique methodology helps you rapidly improve fitness and reduce burnout and injuries. And there's one really cool feature I want to tell you about. Let's say typically you work out at a gym, but life gets crazy and you just can't make it. AIM-7 will on the fly build you a 30-minute bodyweight workout so you can keep making progress no matter what life throws you. This isn't just a PDF to download. It's like having our world-class coaches and scientists with you in the gym, and it's cost-effective. Trust me, you won't find a more adaptable and effective program on the market. So whether you have a full gym, just dumbbells and kettlebells, or even just your bodyweight, we have a program that fits your needs. Try it now free for seven days. The link is in the show notes. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Quorum, founder of AIM-7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. When life hits you square in the face, and it will, how do you use those moments for growth and not succumb to the poor me mentality and cave in? Our guest today, Lauren Johnson, who is an elite mental performance coach, is going to teach you how to turn these moments of adversity into growth opportunities. She's going to reveal why you need to really sit in the pain of adversity and then how you can shift your mindset into a what now mindset of, hey, let's take action. She also shares a daily awareness practice that you can use to cap off your day that will help you leverage life's adversity for growth and set your next day up for success. The story she's going to tell and the wisdom that she's going to share is absolutely unbelievable. I was blown away by my time with Lauren. We did three episodes together and I am super excited to have her back on the show. So let's dive in right now and let's lean in and learn from the best. Lauren, people get to their final destination or their job. I shouldn't say final destination, but their job and a lot of different routes, right? Uh, what I'm doing now took me 16 years to get to be a tech founder. Never thought I'd be doing that. How did you get to, into mental performance? Oh boy, <laughs> are you ready? You you should yes. probably like stress, put your seatbelt on. It was not the typical way that a lot of people do. I'll start with that. I started off, I should say, traditionally. I I got my undergrad in kinesiology, thinking I was going to be actually a physical therapist, and then senior year of college got injured in soccer, received my fifth concussion and was told it's no longer safe for me to play. And so as you can imagine, being an athlete, there was this whole identity shift that happened that I went through. And while I was still on the team, my role shifted drastically. I was no longer able to contribute on the field. Mm. And so my role just like shifted. And so a part of that role shifting, I ended up taking an elective course in sports psychology by the way, I had up until this point, senior college has never even heard of it. But I was like, huh, sounds interesting. Let's do it. I have some more time. And it was as if somebody held a mirror up to me the entire course that showed me not only ways that I could impact my situation, but that I had a lot more control than I once thought I did. And I remember during that course thinking to myself, who would I have been if I would have known these things? And then I thought, how many people can I help now that I do? And so that actually sparked my interest for sport and performance psychology. And that's what encouraged me to go on and get a master's degree. And so after my master's degree, I had two job offers 
on the line, which is like a grad student's dream. Like I'm on yeah. cloud nine here. <laughs> I am like, oh my gosh, I get to choose. Like I would, I would have like worked for free for anyone. And here I have two paid job offers. So I am so excited, like really spent my time thinking through like which one was going to be best for me. Said no to one, said yes to the other. But the catch about the one I said yes to was it was going to take about six months to be placed. And that was very common for this role. So I thought, okay, great. I have like one more summer before the real world. Like, all right, I'll take it. Well, six months goes by and I don't hear anything. And I'm like, huh, I wonder why. So I reached out and I was like, hey, just checking in to see when I should be placed in this role. And that's when I received the email back that said, uh, we're sorry, the job is no longer available. So rewind six months ago, I'm on cloud nine, I've got options. Fast forward six months from then, I have nothing. That previous job has already filled that role. Here I am sitting stuck. I call everybody I know and I keep hearing the same thing that every grad student, I swear, cringes when they hear it, is you need experience. How do I get experience without getting experience? Correct. Right. So I felt stuck. Everybody said this to me time and time again. And my student loans are coming up, all of this. And so I finally realized, well, I need to make money somehow. Right now, sitting where I am is not going to help. So I decided to get a job at Starbucks. And one day, I am working the drive-thru. And it completely changed my life. And I'm sitting in the drive-thru. And when you're working the drive-thru, it's your job to entertain the customer while their drink is being made. And so they're making this gentleman's drink and I'm sitting and I'm chatting it up with him. And he goes, are you in school? Which was a fair question because most people were. But I said, no, I'm not in school. I actually just graduated. And he's like, amazing. What'd you get your degree in? And I proudly told him performance psychology. And he just starts laughing at me. Like full on like belly laughing. And you know the difference when someone is laughing with you versus at you. Like it was definitely at me. And it got to the point where I finally just asked him, I was like, what's so funny? And he said, oh, (laughs) you got one of those degrees you'll never use. Oh, that hurts. I would love to go back just to see what my face looked like. Because I had no awareness of what it was at the time. But I can only imagine. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was so pissed, I couldn't even hand him a drink. And you know when like somebody says something to you that hits you at your core that you begin to ruminate on it and you keep playing it over and over and over like a broken record. And every time you replay it, you experience all those same emotions all over again. Absolutely. So that happened all day until I got home and I was looking in the mirror and I was like mad because I was mad. I was like, this guy, you don't even know this guy. Like, why are you giving him so much power over you? And that's when I had this light bulb moment. And I realized I wasn't mad because he was rude. I was mad because he was partly right. You're not going to get very far if you turn around at your first sign of adversity. And that's exactly what I was doing. I was waiting for someone to solve it for me. I was waiting for another job to fall in my lap versus going out and creating opportunity for myself. And so that was the night that I Googled how to start your own consulting company. Mm. I started my own consulting company with the sole purpose of getting experience. And after a year's time, I got an opportunity to interview with the Yankees and I got the job and that jump-started my career in mental performance. Wait a second. Like you, how long between that moment and working with the New York Yankees? A year. My goodness. That's quite the turnaround. 
I've got to ask you, okay, first of all, that's a wonderful story. I just, I could feel you in that story. I can feel me in that story. I'm sure everybody listening can feel themselves or notice a time, go to a time and place when they had that exact thought. Maybe they they succumb to the adversity, but let's talk about, I want two things. One, what do we do when we hit adversity? Like when it hits a square mm-hmm. in the face, like what are some things that we can do? And then number two, I don't want to lose this. How did the New York Yankees take a flyer on you when you had one year of maybe experience. So let's do the first one first. First one first. Adversity is one of those things that when it hits you, like you're never ready for it, right? It's not something you can see coming most of the time. And at least in my experience, most of the worst adversities I've experienced have come by surprise. And somebody asked me this the other day. They said, how do you, how do you, how do you help a team when they've just gotten devastating results? Like, what is the first thing that you say? And my response was nothing. There's a lot of value in just sitting in the discomfort for a little bit. There is no better catalyst for change than discomfort. And so I feel like when that guy laughed at me and made it very clear as to why I was still working at Starbucks, there was a pain in that conversation that I had to experience to create urgency to do something about it. And so I find that sometimes we're so quick to move on. And it's not that there's not value in that too. But I find that sometimes allowing yourself to feel all the things can be really valuable when moving on from something as difficult as adversity. Yeah, I'm going through something right now. I'm actually thinking about, and I'm like, as as you're talking about this, I'm like in a gut way feeling this. And it does spur you on to action. I think the thing is, is like, how do you not get paralyzed? There's a difference between like paralysis and actual... I don't want to say analysis, but you get what I'm saying. Like actually sitting and thinking and feeling and going, okay, this is what's going on now. Let's go take action versus getting paralyzed and not knowing what to do because you're lost in fear. I think the next question is, what now? I think a lot of times we sit to your point and I think what you're describing is the why me? Why me? Why we, why did this happen? You know, all of those things and like ruminating in the what ifs. Like I should have done that. I should have done that. If I did this, what if? And I think that a lot of when a lot of our energy is used in the areas we have no control over, it starts to control us. And to your point, that's when we find that we sit in paralysis because we're sitting in what could have been or what should have been versus what is. And so I think there's a point where it's feeling the feelings and being okay. Like this is, it's okay to feel discomfort, but then It's the acceptance of what is in front of you. Because I think if you really boil down mental toughness to its purest form, it's accepting your reality and choosing your response. And I don't want acceptance to get confused with, I'm okay with where I'm at. You don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it. But at some point, you have to accept what's in front of you if you're going to make any progress forward. And so... I think there's a time for discomfort, then there's a time for acceptance, and then there's a time to examine, okay, I am here, where do I go from here? What now? Gosh, this is so good. I want to keep going back to the New York Yankees, but I want to stay on this topic of mental toughness. What are things that we can do 
daily, weekly, or rhythm in our lives to exercise this skill because it doesn't just happen. First of all, I, and you can tell me I'm wrong, so please disagree me, tell me I'm wrong, but I don't think you can be tough to everything. Like this idea that, oh, you're just mentally tough. And I'm like, that's such baloney. Like if you take somebody that's never jumped out of an airplane and you put them at the edge of an airplane, a Navy SEAL that's never went through jump school and you put a parachute on them and you put them at the edge of the airplane, they're going to experience a stress response and they may freak out and fight you. So you have to go through jump school, right? And inoculate yourself to stress. But And then you can be specific stress. You can have resilience to that specific task. But is there ways we can develop a skill for general toughness and then specific? I'm just curious. Yeah, a couple of things is like what you're just describing there is familiarity, right? So you can have like, a, you can be good at having awareness, but familiarity of any situation can either hinder or promote the skill that you already have. So to your point that if we've never trained under the same stress or a similar stress that occurs when we're jumping out of a plane, then you're right. We're probably going to have our ability to manage that type of stress is going to be different than something we're really familiar with. Having said that, I think that there are some daily practices that are very, very beneficial. And I say awareness because awareness is being one of them because I think that it can become the foundation of a lot of change because you can't change anything if you're not aware of what needs changing. And as humans, that's going to evolve over time. And so to me, that is a consistent practice that you can have in your daily life that allows you to not only notice tendencies, but also allows you to examine what you're doing what works, what needs improvement, what things can I learn and move forward with? So there's three very basic questions that you've probably heard of before. But when journaled on, I should say, you can journal them, you can meditate on them every day, you'll be surprised what comes out on the other side. And it's the first question is, what went well? Or what did I do well today? Because, and the reason why I like to start with this question is because most high performers whether you consider yourself an athlete, a CEO, executive, or you're a parent, or you work at Starbucks, you can ask yourself these questions. And most of the time, we default to what do we need to do better, right? And we're always like the, our biggest critics. So I like to ask ourselves this question first. It's like, what went well? Or what did I do well? Because what you're doing is you're exercising your optimistic muscle. Because no matter how bad something is, I want you to challenge yourself to find something that went well, even if it wasn't you who did it. Number two is, what can I do better? And this is one that's probably gonna be a lot of people's bread and butter. But even when you do really, really well, I think that success could mask a lot of improvement. Because we succeed at something doesn't mean there's not something you can still improve in. 100%. And so I like this question because even when you're having a good day, when you consistently do this, you're challenging yourself to look for ways to improve. And then number three, is what did I learn and how can I carry this into the future? Because now we're summarizing, maybe we're noticing that there's a pattern. Hey, I learned that when this happens, this is a typical response of mine. And when I slow down and allow myself to look at the space in between stimulus and response, I actually choose a better response. Awesome. How can we apply that moving forward? Mm -hmm. So those are three questions that I really like. They're simple. And it's interesting how your brain will answer them. Some days, they will be one word answers. 
Other days, they're going to be like pages long. And the good news is, is there's no right or wrong way to do it. But as you do it consistently, you'll start to notice patterns emerge. Wow, what a powerful message. I don't know about you, but that really impacted me. And I had to sit with that discussion for quite a while because guess what? I'm going through some tough stuff just like you are. And I needed to shift my mindset and think about, hey, this isn't about poor me. It's about what can I do now? How can I use this to become a better person and impact others? And trust me, I'm not going to leave you hanging on the New York Yankees job. And the next episode with her, we're going to talk about the unique network strategy she used to land that job. It is mind-blowing, and I absolutely love it. So thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode.